Lord for the privilege of gathering once again in his presence to learn from him. Like we all know today, we will study the word of God. And we're trusting the Lord that as we go into his word, he will not only challenge us with his word, but his word will transform our lives. He will revive us by reason of the word that will come to us. We will have 12 classes. We will have 40 minutes to discuss three questions. Actually, we have um, six questions, but we will discuss three today. The remaining three we will discuss them on Wednesday. And we will use 40 minutes for those three questions, for both discussion and questions. So, as we go to our different classes, we trust the Lord that he will minister to us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Let us pray in Jesus' name. Our Father and our God, we thank you, Lord God, once again. Lord God, for bringing us together, King of Glory, to teach us your word. Father, we ask, O oh Lord God, that your spirit will take over. That, Lord, you will minister life to us even this morning. We pray that you will impact our lives, O oh God. The Lord, at the end of the day, King of glory, our Lord and our Father, the desired impact, O oh Lord, will be made. And Lord and our Father, every one of us will be revived, even Lord God, to do your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our topic of study is um, hindrances to genuine revival. Hindrances to genuine revival. What are the things that could hinder the move of God in our lives, in our families, in our society. And we'll take a text from Mark 6, 5 and 2 Timothy 4, 10. If you see the place, any of the places you read, Mark 6, 5. Save that. Save that he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. 2 Timothy 4, 10. 2 Timothy 4, 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christian to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Yes. The aim of the study is to help us identify the things that could hinder genuine revival in our lives and in our society, and then for us to know how to overcome those obstacles, those hindrances, those things that are capable of hindering the move of God in our lives. Introduction. The enormous challenges confronting the world today can only be taken care of by a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, manifesting in God's grace and power through a revived church. The Lord wants to show us his power. He wants to show us his glory. He wants to show us his grace. But certain factors pose as obstacles to the manifestation of his purpose. As we identify the obstacles in the course of this study, may he grant us the grace to overcome them and to make, the and to make ourselves available for the master's use. Praise the Lord. I think the introduction is self-explanatory. There are so many challenges confronting us, whether as individuals, as families, in our society, and all over the world. 
challenges that ordinary men cannot handle, challenges that, you know, I mean, that have kept people dumbfounded. And we are saying that those challenges can only be taken care of by the Lord coming down, by the Spirit of God being in charge. And that is when he does it through us, because God cannot come down and start moving on the surface of the earth to solve problems. He will solve the problems through us. Praise the Lord. And then we also see by this introduction that it is the will of God to show us his power. It is the will of God to intervene in our circumstances. It is the will of God, you know, to show us his glory. It is his will to manifest his grace in our lives. But what are the things that are making him not to do that? The Bible tells us in Romans 8:19 that the endless expectation of the creature is the manifestation of the sons of God. And then we ask ourselves, why are the sons of God not manifesting? What are the things hindering the manifestation of the power of God in our lives? Praise the Lord. And these are the things we want to find out by God's grace this morning. And then to also trust him to help us to overcome those things in Jesus' name. Questions for discussion. Number one, discuss the characteristics of genuine revival. What are the things that when you see, you know that there is a genuine revival? Acts 2, 37 to 38, 42 to 47. When you get a place, you read the place, you comment on that place. Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possession and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think that one of the characteristics of revival, I'm just going to pick one. One of the genuine characteristics of revival is that there is repentance first and foremost. Because without repentance, you cannot connect to God. Because the Bible said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when you cement that relationship and bring the bond back, you can now have free connection. From there you can now pray and God can come to dwell in our midst. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, from that place we can see the first step is repentance. Repentance from sin. And then they also had a proper response to the word of God. The Bible says when they heard the word, they were caught in their hearts. And they now asked one men and brethren, what shall we do? You know. So their hearts were properly disposed to receive the word of God. So when, when there's genuine revival, the hearts of men will be properly disposed to receive the word of God. Men will repent of their sins. And then, like our brother said, when we now pray, the Lord will hear us. We also saw there that the, the brethren 
They had things in common. There was love among them. They were united. You know, they, they, they prayed together. The Lord added to them many as were saved. You know, people were just being saved because they, they watched their lifestyles. They saw that their lifestyles reflected, you know, those that have been with them, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then signs and wonders followed them. Praise the Lord. And then Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. The high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, from Isaiah 57, verse 15, we can see there that um, one of the things that when we begin to see in the lives of men, we will know that God is at work in their lives is when they exhibit humility. And, and you know, they, they are able to recognize their wrongs and admit it. You know, the Bible says that the one that is contrite in heart, one that is, you know, is, that easily recognizes where he has gone wrong and then repents of it. So, so when we see it, we know that um, the Lord is at work. Acts 5, 40 to 42. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And so, what we learn here is that uh, the part of the hindrances that the characteristic of genuine revival in this place is that even when you suffer persecution, even when you are beaten up, even when you, they try to stop you, you keep going ahead. You will not relent. And you will not even bear grudge for the suffering or for the punishment you receive in the name of the Lord. Instead, it will turn to you as a joy that you have been, you know, suffer, you have been made to suffer for the sake of the kingdom. When that spirit comes upon you, nothing can stop you anymore from preaching. And so that is one of the ways we know when somebody has really caught the spirit of revival. Praise the Lord. Acts 1.8 But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The characteristics of genuine revival that we can find from this scripture is power. There is no true revival without demonstration of power. Um, 
uh, one preacher said that uh, what hundred messages cannot do, one miracle can do it. And miracle is by power. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know the word of God is talking to us this morning. When we talk about repentance, we ask ourselves, have we repented of our sins? And we ask ourselves whether we are praying for the Lord to really revive us. And whether we love the brethren. And whether, you know, the Lord is using us to, to bring souls to the kingdom. Whether men are being saved by reason of our lives and the things that we do. And then we also ask ourselves whether we're humble, whether we, we, we are quick to admit when we are wrong and then make the necessary changes required, whether we evangelize and whether we rejoice when we are persecuted. When we see all those things in our lives, we know that actually our lives are revived. And, when, and if we are not seeing all these things in our lives, then we go back to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us so that we begin to manifest those things in Jesus' name. Question two. Identify the hindrances to genuine revival from these passages. Mark 6, 5, to 5 and 6. When you read a place, you comment on that place. Mark 6, 5 and 6. Now, he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a sacred teaching. Praise God. So the, one of the hindrances of the new revival is unbelief. Because the Bible says that without, uh, if you don't have faith, you are just like a withering wind. You cannot achieve anything. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Unbelief. Unbelief is one of the hindrances, and in fact a major hindrance to the move of God. When you do not believe in the word, in what God has said, and when you do not believe that, you will not act on it. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that place we read that because of the people's unbelief, the Lord could not do much. Even though he wanted to, but he could not. And then we ask ourselves, are there things we are hindering the Lord from doing in our lives because we do not believe? Because when we talk about unbelief, it's not about them, those that do not know the Lord. It's actually unbelief in the lives of those that have come to know the Lord, that have a relationship with the Lord. Praise the Lord. And in 2 Timothy 4.10. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy 4.10 says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, and Titus for Dalmatia. Praise the Lord. So what it is saying here, the word of God is saying that another way that hindrance can develop for genuine revival is when we, we have distractions, worldliness, when we develop a care for this world, praise the Lord, and we will now lose sight of what we are truly pursuing. Praise the Lord. 
Yes, praise the Lord. When, when we value other things more than God, and because we value those things more than God, we give those things attention. The attention we would have given to God, we give the attention to those things. And it is a hindrance. It will hinder the move of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. Whatever that thing is, whether it's our career, whether it's our family, whether it's our business, whatever it is that we value more than God, and we give our attention, the attention that we're supposed to give to God to, it will constitute a hindrance in the move of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. Psalm 66, verse 18. 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Praise the Lord. So from this passage, we find out that iniquity, sin, is a great hindrance to the work of God. The Bible says that our God is of purer eyes, that he cannot behold iniquity. We, we find out that God would have been willing to walk in our midst to revive us, but with iniquity, he will not do much. So God is not ready to hear anybody with sin or with iniquity in his heart. And that is a great hindrance to revival. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When there is sin in our lives, you know, it's inside there. And we're still asking him to revive us. It will not work. Because the, the, the sin will not allow him to move. The Bible says it's of a purer eyes to behold the iniquity. So sin is, is a hindrance to the move of God. And that is why we must try, by all means, to put it away from our lives. Ezekiel 14 verse 3. Ezekiel 14, verse 3. Son of man, these men have set up their idols, set up their idols in their hearts, and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired at all by them? And I think this place is also in line with what we answered last scene and the previous one loving the present world. When we have idols in our hearts, and idols, as has earlier been said, can either be our career, the things we love, pleasures of this life, it can be our children, it can be our husbands, it can be our wives, it can be just anything, and we place it in our hearts above God. Even when we are praying, those things are in our hearts. They are seeking our attention, and we are giving them more attention than we give to the revival we are looking for. It can really be a hindrance. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 16, 16-18. Acts 16, 16-18. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us, and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of that very hour. Praise God. So one of the characteristics 
sorry, one of the hindrances of the new revival here in this passage, uh, I will call it a foul spirit, being able to identify the spirit that's in asking God for the discernment of the spirit. Because if you have discernment of the spirit, you can be able to do what? To identify the spirit that is speaking from every man or from every woman. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want to chip in something. I also saw that, yeah, it is possible that sometimes we could discern, but because we want to carry everybody along, we don't want to, we don't want to tell to the person that this thing is doing is wrong. We want to accommodate every attitude, every character in our environment. So we want to accommodate everybody. Paul doesn't want to accommodate. The person is even speaking something good of him. But he saw that that is a false spirit. And doesn't need to be accommodated in this environment. The spirit of let's carry everybody along. Let's not offend anybody. Let's not stop anybody's business. Let's not say something that will hurt and stop somebody's business. That if they want to believe, let them believe. We just want to carry everybody along. Whether they are sinners or they are righteous, whatever. We want to, everybody to join the team and let's get revival. And we saw it as a hindrance. As far as those bad eggs, those things are there. It cannot give us the genuine revival we are looking for. Praise the Lord. In addition to what our brother said, when you are having a spirit of revival, praises can hinder it. Somebody is just praising you, trying to make you feel big, trying to make you feel that you have power. And that's what the spirit, this spirit wanted to do to Paul. But Paul didn't want to be praised by men. So, uh, praises and singing of somebody and this thing can actually detract, hinder you from getting properly revived. So, don't allow that to be your portion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Also, I want to, I, I saw it from this angle also. Um, the, I saw pretense in the life of that, um, that, that girl, the, the demon-possessed girl. She a kind of came, she was, you know, she, she came in the name that we are all believers and she was a kind of prophetess trying to speak for God. So, you know, pretense, sometimes people pretend and they come to fellowship, they don't open themselves you know, in the, in the light of the word of God and in such a way that the, the, that the word of God will affect them. They come and they, they put up another face. So, and they will go back the same way. So, so many people come to the, come to the church of God. They, they, instead of, you know, coming to the altar to actually, you know, show themselves to God, they, they, will, they will lift up hands and do some things to show that they actually follow him and they will go the same. So I think that whenever, you know, and at the end we see that we are the ones that are being cheated. So when we come to God, we should come in brokenness and open ourselves to God and let God actually have mercy on us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Finally. Praise the Lord. I also see a sort of distraction from this place. That spirit actually wanted to distract Paul and Silas from their mission. 
but thank God that we are able to design it. And I want to add another thing in connection with what our daddy said. Just as our introduction said, God really wants to revive us. When we cry for revival, it doesn't take God anything to revive us. But when that revival comes, whom will you give glory? God does not want to share his glory with any man. So he's waiting for people who are willing that if I do this revival in this church now, in this life now, will the glory return to me or will, 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 will they take the glory? Ah, chapel of his resurrection, when you go there, things happen. Who is taking the glory? Is it God or chapel of resurrection? God wants to take the glory. And Paul realized this. That was why he rebuked that spirit. He didn't want to share God's glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As the Lord helps us identify the different hindrances, because what is hindering you might not be what is hindering me. So, we ask ourselves, what is it that is the hindrance? What is stopping God from manifesting in my life? What is stopping Him from manifesting in my family? and in the society. And as he opens our eyes to those things, may we address them in Jesus' name. Question 3. In what ways can unbelief hinder the move of God? Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So, the, in, uh, the question here, how can the unbelief, in what ways can unbelief hinder the move of God? They hear the word, but because of their low-key faith, they don't have faith. It's faith that will trigger the word of God. When you hear, you believe. Because the Bible says that Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. So, if you don't believe, the word is dead. As in, the, the ground is not... It's not a good ground. It's not an agricultural ground because of that lack of faith. It's that faith that will trigger and make the world to come to pass in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lack of faith. Matthew 17, 14 to 20. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples. They could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Unbelief can hinder the move of God. Once we believe, 
it shall be done to us according to our faith. We remember the case of the woman with the issue of blood. It was uh, uh, her faith, you know, that healed, healed her. Because with faith she touched the garment, you know, of the Lord and was healed. So without faith, we cannot achieve anything. Yes, praise the Lord. When we do not exhibit faith, when we do not have faith in the word of God, it will hinder the move of God. Matthew 13, 54 to 58. Praise the Lord. Uh, Matthew 13, from 54 to 58. Same when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and and in his own house. And he did not do many many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Praise the Lord. Um, it still boils down to that unbelief. You know, the Nazar they saw Jesus grew. They knew him right from even when he was born. They 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 are they were offended. How can this small boy we saw? We are we not living with his family? All we know everything about him. How then did he get this kind of works? And I believe most of them will be saying. Just like they say that he, he was walking with the uh, um, uh, power of Bezabal. So they did not believe that this Jesus can do all these things. Not knowing that he was God in human flesh. So what I'm trying to say, it still boils down to that unbelief. They never believe that he can do all these things. And when you get to the end part of it, you, say, you find out that he didn't do much works there so it's just on in summary if you don't believe in somebody you cannot get anything from him if you don't believe that god can heal you first of all you must believe if you don't have that faith forget about it praise the lord yes yes praise the lord so we ask ourselves are there things in our lives that we go when talking about unbelief Unbelief in the word of God, not believing what the word of God says. Like he said, when the Lord says, when the word of God says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Do we believe it? And when we do not believe it, it will not work for us. Then you see another brother that will believe that word, and it will work in that person's life. So, and we also we saw there that Jesus wanted to, to he wanted to walk. He wanted, he wanted to do things in their lives, but he could not. His hands, you know, was as, were like um, shortened because they didn't believe. And it still comes back to us. 
are just things that God you know, is eager to do in our lives. But because we do not believe Him, those things have not been done. Are there those He will want to use us to reach out to? Are there changes He will want to use us to make in our, in our society, in our families, in our workplaces, in, our, in, in, you know, in, in, the, in the places where we do business and all that? But those changes have not been made because we do not believe Him. We do not believe His word. And when we talk about believing His word, it's acting on that word. Acting on that word. So may He help us. May He help us you know, to really believe Him and then do the things that He wants us to do so that His name will be glorified. Numbers 13, verse 31 to 33. But the men that went up with Him said, We be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth, eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Praise the Lord. The truth from this scripture is that uh, whenever God wants to move on your behalf to bring about a change, we must be careful of what we say, because negative confessions can hinder revival. He told uh, Moses in Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, he said, As truly as I live, says the Lord, whatsoever I hear you say in my ears, that I will do. So, whenever God wants to do a work in our midst, we must be careful of the kind of words that come out from our mouth. Otherwise, it will abort that move. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, from all we have discussed, there is something I want to chip in, or something I want to bring out. When we talk of unbelief, we look at it as something that is very far. Unbelief can be in your life. It can be in my life. For instance, we are talking of revival. One of the characteristics is moving out to tell people about what God has done, telling people that Jesus can save. And you are just walking along. And the Spirit of God prompts you, this young man or this old man here, go and minister to the person. <laughs> you look at the man. You look at the kind of car he's carrying. You look at everything and say, I don't think I can say this. You have already defeated yourself. You don't have faith that God that is leading you to talk to that person has something to do. But for those who have obeyed that, once, once they move and they say, Ah, is that why God said I should go close to this person? So let us be very careful because these things, it happens to us. It happens every day. Yes. There was this story, let me just round it, even though we are rounding up. The sister, a lady was passing in a church where they are having revival. And at the time that we are passing, the prayer point was for God to bless all the women that are looking for fruit of the womb. 
this story happened in Oka. Bless all the people that, and the church, people we are in the church praying for the church, the something. And the lady was passing when they just made that statement. And that lady was looking for a child. He just stayed outside and said, Hey, ma'am, God, I'll receive my own child and pass. He wasn't in the congregation. A year later, the lady came to that congregation and testified of how God used their prayer. Yet, all the people that were in the church, none of them received a child that day, but somebody that was passing outside. So, this is faith, and it is the way you act on it and carry it. It can come in small, small things we do. So, let's be careful when God is prompting us to do something. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Finally. Yeah, I just want to add to what our brother said. When we talk of negative confession and faith, I remember the case of Ezekiel when God asked him question, can this bone live? And uh, he said, Lord, you know. So in a case where you are not sure, it is good to say, Lord, you know, uh, than to yes. open your mouth and confess negatively yes. that uh, um, even if God opens the windows of heaven, could this thing be? And you doubt every power of God is is better you bring it under prayer and say, Lord, you know. How, however, Mary answer the same thing. Let it be unto me according to your word. So, I think the, the best confession is to open up a heart and say, Lord, you know. Let it be unto us according to your wish. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, just in line with that work with them, what our brother just said, because the Bible says, out of the abundance of a heart, the mouth speaks. That negative confession they made was as result of what was in their heart. They saw those people like giants, and they saw themselves like grasshoppers, you know, and they believed that, I mean, there was no way, you know, they could conquer them. So fear entered into them, you know, and they, they were not seeing themselves the way the Lord, you know, was, was seeing them. And also they forgot all the miracles, all the things the Lord did before he brought them to that time that place. And we ask ourselves today, are there things that we are seeing like giants? Are there things that we are seeing that as if the Lord cannot conquer those things? Have we forgotten maybe the exploits the Lord, you know, maybe um, did in our lives in the time past? That same God that did those things is still not able to still do whatever it is that is confronting us um, today. So whatever it is that the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is pointing to us as the hindrance, as what is hindering his move in our lives, may he help us to address those things in the name of Jesus. Help us, O oh Lord, to walk on what you say and not what we think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Send Lord, send and and let it start with me. Lord, send and revive Lord, send and revive Lord, send and revive And let it start with me Lord, send and revive 
Lord, send down revival. Lord, send down revival. And let it start with me. Lord, send down revival. Lord, send down revival. Lord, send down revival. And let it start with me. Praise the Lord. The topic of our study is the hindrances to genuine revival. The things that could hinder the move of God in our lives, in our families, in our society. Like we saw in our introduction, there are so many challenges confronting the world, confronting us as individuals, as families, not just only maybe in our nation, Nigeria, all over the world, there are challenges that ordinary men have not been able to take care of. That it will take an outpouring of the Spirit of God. It will take the intervention of the Lord for those things to be taken care of. And we've also seen that the Lord's hand is not too short that he cannot save. His ears are not too dull that he cannot hear the prayers of his people. It is the will of the Lord to show us his power. It is his will to show us his grace. It is his will to show us his glory. He wants to manifest himself through us. Romans 8.19 says the earnest expectation of the sons of God, of the creation, is the manifestation of the sons of God. The entire creation, they are waiting for those that know God to manifest God. To show them what it is like, you know, to be a child of God. Then we now ask ourselves, if God wants to manifest himself through us, if he wants to manifest his grace and his power, and then there are challenges that will need to be taken care of, then why are the sons of God not manifesting why are we not seeing those things that the Lord will want to, you know, to, to, to show forth through us? And these are the hindrances we're talking about. It is because there are certain things that pose as obstacles. And I believe in the course of the study, question two, we were able to identify some of those things. Unbelief, fear, lack of faith, Sin, ignorance of who we are in the Lord. The children of Israel, they said, the spies, they said, we're like grasshoppers. The people that we're going to meet, they are giants. Are there things we're seeing as giants today? Things that the Lord will want to use us to conquer. But we're seeing those things as giants and seeing ourselves as grasshoppers. Forgetting the, 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 the God that is inside of us. Because it's not about us. The Bible says it is God who works in us, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. 
So it's not, it's not about us. It is about the Spirit of God that is inside of us. Are we ignorant of who we are in the Lord? Do we allow fear to take the greater part of us? Do we believe the Word of God? It's true, we read it. But do we believe it? And what we show whether we believe it or not is when we act on it. Praise the Lord. You know, so, you know, really the essence of the study is for us to allow the Lord, open our eyes to those things that are not allowing him to show himself strong on our behalf. Praise the Lord. What may not be allowing him to show himself strong on my behalf may not be the same thing with you. Praise the Lord. Uh, what, is an, what is an obstacle to his manifesting in my life might be different from what is an obstacle to his manifesting in your own life. And that is why we all will need the Spirit of God to open our eyes to those things. What is it that is shortening the hand of the Lord as it were? You know, from manifesting in our lives. And as we identify those things and address them, we believe that the Lord will really do the things that he wants to do and his name will be glorified. Praise the Lord. You know, and question one is really very, very key. You know, seeing the, the things that characterize genuine revival. And these are the things that we all look forward to. These are the things that we desire. These are the things that, you know, that we want to see. We want to see, you know, a church where the men and women there, they have repented of their sins. They, 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 they all have personal knowledge of the Lord and they have personal relationship with the Lord. We want to see a church where they have things in common, where they fellowship together, where they identify with one another, Identify with the needs of one another. Where love reigns, you know, it's not like I'm of Apollos or I'm of Paul. No, they are one. They have one mind and they do things in common. We want to see a church where signs and wonders follow them. They are not following after signs and wonders. They are not running after. You see, in, in, in where we read in that book of Acts, as they were living the way they should live as children of God, signs and wonders followed them. And not only that, men were being saved daily. The Lord, you know, was adding souls to them. Souls to them because the Spirit of God, you know, was really at work in their lives. Praise the Lord. And these are the things we want to see today. They, 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 they freely evangelized without anybody prompting them, go and speak the Word of God, you know, to, to the next person. No. Because the Spirit of God was in charge of their lives, He was moving them to witness to souls. And those people were being um, converted. And not only that, even when they were persecuted, they rejoiced. They were not complaining. They were not carrying long faces. No. They rejoiced that we were counted worthy to suffer for the kingdom of God. You know. And like the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we're trusting the Lord that he will help us. As we go back to still ask ourselves, is there anything that is a barrier to the move of God in my life? You know, do I not want? Do I not want to see the Lord change these things that uh, we are protesting, that people are protesting about? These things that we are complaining about. Do we not want the Lord to change them? We want the Lord to change them, and you can be the person that the Lord will use to change them. It doesn't take the whole world. No, it's just one person that believes God, believes the Word of God, and acts on the Word of God, and we will see the manifestation. Praise the Lord. We'll, ask, we'll, we'll deal with the remaining three questions on Wednesday. And so please, try to be here on Wednesday and come with your outline. Praise the Lord. Can we pray?
Can you just briefly, briefly speak to the Lord? I don't know whether there was anything he opened your eyes to in the course of the study that is making him not to move in your life the way that he wants to move. The way my life is today, is it, just, is, is it the best that the Lord has for me? The way that your life is today, is it the best that he has for you? Is it that all that he can do in you and through you? For my own, I am sure it is not. I am sure it is not. I know he wants to do more. And that is why I am asking him to help me. Deal with whatever it is that is the obstacle, that is the barrier. In Jesus' name, our Father and our God, we thank you once again for the way, Lord God Almighty, you have spoken to us. And Lord, our prayer, O oh God, is that you will help us, not just to identify the obstacles, not just to identify the barriers, the hindrances, no. Father, help us to overcome them. Grant us the grace to overcome them. Help us, Lord God, to open our hearts, O oh Lord God, to you. Paraventure, Lord God, there is still any of us that have not even repented of our sins, that do not yet have a personal relationship with you, O oh God. Father, start from there. Open our eyes, O oh King of glory, Lord God, to what we are doing that is wrong, O oh God. And help us repent of those things that, Lord God Almighty, you will manifest in our lives to the glory of your name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.